Hello, and welcome back to the Authentic Path podcast. This is Phelan, your host, and this is episode number four with Michael Maddy. Michael Maddy is an amazing photographer who has traveled all around the world. He's based out of Seattle. Michael's journey in photography has brought him all around the world to work with companies like Gap, Honda, Avis, Eddie Bauer, and Marriott. This conversation with Michael was really, really cool. I got to hear his story from start to finish about how he really took on photography as a passion of his and gave his full self to photography. And even though it took him almost three years to really build a business and get to a point where he really likes and wants to be, and it was not an easy journey, it was a really, really inspiring story for me to hear because we got into the nitty gritties of how he actually makes money and how he deals with the daily pressures of keeping an Instagram feed running and all of the stuff that goes into maintaining a really high level photography account and a high, high level photography business. So I hope you enjoy this awesome conversation that I had with Michael Meddy. But first, a word from our sponsor. Creator Academy is a platform that was built to help aspiring creatives succeed by teaching them how to upgrade the quality of their work and how to make money. If you've ever wondered how those photographers and models you see on Instagram are traveling all around the world, you can find the answers inside Creator Academy. Danny, my first guest on the show, and Kevin, his co-founder, are super genuine people who've created this platform because they want to help you live out your dreams. They've created over 50 hours of content that will directly empower you to get brand deals with hotels all around the world, learn how to build passive income streams with photography and videography, and become a better artist. They teach you how to grow your Instagram following and even offer to help you one-on-one. This is a really incredible opportunity, and I couldn't have asked for a better sponsor of the show because their mission lines up so well with my own. If you want to learn more, go to phelan.com slash CA. That is F-A-O-L-A-N dot com slash CA, which will also be linked in the show notes. Thanks so much for checking it out, and enjoy the podcast. Three, two, one, zero, So, Michael, uh, welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate you coming on, and I hope to have a really great conversation with you. So, to get started, I just want to hear a little bit more about what you do uh, from your own perspective, and then um, get into your the beginning of your journey. And I have another question lined up, but first, talk about like what you do now a little bit. Yeah, sounds good. So, I'm a Seattle-based photographer. I shoot mostly uh, outdoor and travel brands. Um, been doing this for um, about five years now, uh, full-time doing the travel outdoor brand stuff. So my work involves a lot of uh, time in the outdoors, shooting different products or time on the road, um, working for various travel-related brands like airlines, hotels, tourism, things like that. Awesome. Uh, so I was doing some research and I saw that you uh, majored in photography in college um, and in business. And that was like when you first started picking up photography. And then Uh, As you transitioned out of college, you transitioned into doing photography full-time, and that was a real hustle. So you were shooting all different kinds of events. What was that like for you to go out of college around all of these other people who are going right into, quote-unquote, like real-world jobs, and you chose to do something like photography, and you had to make it happen yourself? How how did that go for you? Yeah, so it was a bit of a leap of faith uh, starting out with photography because you don't really have a all-or-nothing job lined up like uh, a lot of people do out of college. They either have a job or they don't. With photography, the freelance life especially, you're kind of getting a bunch of little jobs, so it's not really all-or-nothing. Luckily for me, I moved out to Seattle where I had some family that I was able to stay with, um, which made the transition a little bit easier for me in terms of the financial burden of being out of college on your own, paying for everything with loans and all that. so that definitely helped at the beginning. And then, yeah, it was just a hustle um, right out of the bat because you do need to make money um, to, to live and exist in this world. So um, it was a lot of 
um, trying to connect with people, shooting random family photo shoots, um, shot weddings there for a number of years. And then it was a lot of uh, sending emails, calling people, even checking Craigslist, finding whatever random gigs I could um, just to make some money and sort of have that flexibility. I know a lot of photographers um, in my class and stuff, they would get like part-time jobs uh, as baristas or things like that, which is great. Um, and if you need to do that, definitely. But um, for me, it was helpful to sort of be able to put all my focus and attention towards photography and pursuing that dream. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so initially I was going to call this show the start show because I think that starting something can be the hardest part. And so I wanted to like dig into that exactly. And I think that you have a really unique uh, history with, with starting your passion. So in terms of like how you had to learn from each of those different opportunities, you didn't necessarily love shooting every wedding, right. Or all of those Craigslist things. So was there a trade-off between having to pursue your passion and actually doing what you liked with your time? Yeah, there's definitely a balance you have to find. And a big part of it is just putting in the effort um, on your own before you sort of get noticed or even doing it for work. Um, so even while I was shooting all that other stuff, I really enjoyed more um, the sort of outdoor backpacking nature landscape, uh, travel kind of stuff that I shoot now, but I had to really put in effort on top of the effort I was already putting in to make time to shoot all that stuff just out of the love of doing it, um, and build up that portfolio and kind of start on my own before companies would even look at that type of work from me. Um, you just really have to start, even if you start small and just slowly build up your portfolio and your online presence in whatever space you're looking to branch into. Yeah, that's a perfect segue because uh, I read that you got some traction with like your travel and nature photography on social media. Um, what was that like to get that affirmation as an artist and as a photographer that what you're doing is actually meaningful and that people like it? Because I think what can be the hardest part about being an artist is not feeling like we are producing something that's good enough compared to other people. And, you know, as someone who wants to live doing something they're passionate about, that's the first thing is you have to believe in yourself. So when you started getting uh, popular on Instagram, did you, the way that you looked at your potential change or were you kind of still just in the same track of trying to do what you love every day? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, getting that traction definitely made it more real for me and mm. made the possibility of what it could become more real for me. I mean, I kind of had my goals and some of them sort of seemed too lofty even to me. Like, I mean, I had faith that it, I would be able to accomplish it, but finally when you start picking up traction, it makes you realize, wow, this actually is possible. And it motivates you even more to sort of pursue that. At least that's what happened for me. Um, and so, yeah, when I, um, had been out in Seattle for a number of years. I had been shooting, backpacking, hiking, stuff like that. And so it wasn't just like an overnight thing. It was sort of all this work that I had done on my own beforehand. And then suddenly what it was is a feature from Instagram back in the day, which meant a lot wow. more back then than it does now. Um, and so it was sort of just like a feature across all of their platforms. And it took me from about 3000 followers on Instagram to about 25,000 in three days. So that was sort of the the catalyst that uh, launched my Instagram presence, which in turn sort of helped me transition to um, shooting that 
stuff for brands. And I think I would have been able to eventually make that transition, but that definitely sped up the process for me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I want to dig into what your goals were before that happened and then like what they are now. Um, And then also talk about a little bit how, if you think that when people jump into their passions, do you think that they have those lucky breaks more often um, than if they were just kind of doing something? Well, obviously, if you do something wholeheartedly, it's better than doing it half. But I think that that's something important to talk about too. So what were some of your goals beforehand? And then um, what was it like to jump in all the way? Yeah. So I think, especially when I first graduated from school, from school, I wasn't really sure what my goals were or even what my goals should be. Um, and I think part of it was just developing faith in myself sort of and faith in what was possible. Um, cause when I first graduated, I was like, okay, what's realistic. Okay. I can shoot weddings. Like, you know, that just seems more of a tangible thing. Okay. I'm going to do this outdoor stuff on the side. Maybe something will come of it. Um, And so I think a lot of it was me just sort of realizing the goals that were possible and transitioning to actually making those my goals and really focusing on those. Um, Because, yeah, when I graduated at first, it was like, okay, make some income from photography. Um, And then it was like, okay, make some income from photography and make some from travel stuff as well. And now it's like all on travel. And I think your goals definitely change over time and sort of build on one another. You know, like once you accomplish one thing, you're looking to accomplish the next thing and so on and so forth. And so um, now my goals are um, to kind of continue what I'm doing now, but also continue to build on what I've already done um, and do more um, bigger projects and things like that. And also um, branch out into different revenue streams like workshops and um, things like that. Yeah. And we'll get into that stuff because that's juicy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then sort of the second part of the question, uh, when you got that lucky break from Instagram, is that something that happens that you've seen more often when people have jumped in all the way to what they love? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I think with anything in life, the more effort you put towards something, the more likely you are to have that thing pay off. Um, and I've found that all throughout my career is that the more effort or work I put into something, the bigger the payoffs are. Um, I mean, you, you can't just sit around and wait for something to happen. You sort of have to keep trying and trying and then eventually something hopefully will come along. And so that was definitely the case with that. It was uh, months or even years of working towards um, building that presence. And then all of a sudden got picked up and took off from there. How do you deal with the like emotional resiliency that you need to keep going when that's not happening for two or three years? Like that must've been really hard. Yeah. um, With photography and freelance life in general, if you're graphic design, it would apply as well or whatever it may be um you definitely need to be a self-starter and sort of have initiative on your own um like in photo school when i was um, in college you had projects and deadlines so you sort of had people telling you what to do and when to do it by and you kind of have that in the freelance life i mean you'll have deadlines with companies but you're not getting those jobs with companies unless you're making the initiative on your own and sort of uh putting in the effort without someone grading you or breathing down your neck to get it done. And so you definitely have to have that uh, resiliency from within to sort of push yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah, totally. Okay. So to transition a little bit into the middle part of your uh, photography adventure career, um, one of the things that I've noticed also when people get into that like wholehearted living of something, they tend to find people who 
are doing the same thing. So when you got past the point of this is impossible to the point of this is possible and this is something that I really want to make happen for myself to be a travel photographer and just have that be my one income stream, how did you start meeting similar like-minded people and then what was that like to be surrounded by such similar and talented driven people? Yeah, that's a great question and a very important part of uh, freelance life in general is finding connections and building a community around you. And so, yeah, as I started to get into the outdoors, um, even the outdoors community, you can meet people and reach out. And that's kind of how it started is just people who also loved hiking and taking photos. And um, it was all through social media, finding people and just sending DMs and being like, hey, you want to go on a hike sometime? And then it would be doing little trips to meet up with other people. One of my, my first big or my first insta meet was a trip up to Banff and I met up with a bunch of people up there. I'm a bunch of Canadian photographers. And so through all these uh, meetups or just one-on-one sending DMs and stuff like that, uh, I was able to meet a bunch of people and sort of start to build my network and what actually ended up being my friend group. So a lot of my uh, friends that I interact with most now are actually people that I met through Instagram back in the day. And it really, really helps and is important to have um, people around you that are doing the same thing as you and have the same passions and uh, mindset and goals as you because they'll uh, help build you up and encourage you and um, you'll want to like work harder as opposed to if there's no one around you that's doing what you're doing, you, you might become complacent or become more likely to become sort of just complacent and be content with where you're at as opposed to if you see your friends doing amazing projects and you kind of want to do those too. And you can always uh, reach out to them and get ideas from them. So networking and building those friendships is so important. Yeah. Awesome. So when you were first reaching out to people, were you reaching out to everyone who you saw and liked their work or was it, were you trying to network into meetups with people who had bigger followings? Like what was the balance between that? Because I think as someone who has done photography and has considered trying to make it into a social media life, I think it can be really intimidating to reach out to people uh, because there's this like expectation that people who are doing this for a job are different or other, um, which is partially why I'm doing this podcast because I want to just say everyone's everyone is a human, right? And we're all just doing cool things, and some people are doing different cool things. So, um, but what was that like at the beginning? You know, did you were you had, were you nervous to reach out to people or pretty comfortable? And did you get over that after you'd done it a certain amount of times? Yeah, uh, it's definitely, you definitely get more comfortable with it as you, um, reach out more to people and just, yeah, the whole idea of meeting strangers from the internet becomes more of a normal thing thing. And I guess nowadays it's way more normal than it was like five years ago. Um, and yeah, with what you said about kind of the same size following or quality of work, it really has to do more with the quality of work or whether or not someone's doing it professionally too. Cause a lot of the times, and even now I'll get lots of DMS from people wanting to like meet up and go for a hike. And I do feel bad. I, I can't meet up with everyone. Like, you know, if I have a choice, I'm going to choose to kind of spend time with my friends that I may be haven't seen in a while. And so even for me reaching out to people initially, I kind of had that mindset too, where, you know, I would want to reach out to people whose work was sort of on a peer level, um, as opposed to like a mentor mentee level. Um, cause if you're just reaching out to someone who you admire and maybe want to be like their mentee, there's not as much in it for them from like a photography standpoint. Cause it is, you, you are building friendships, but you are also 
um, working on your photography. And if two people that are similar skill level get together, they're both going to build each other up more than if somebody who's way above the other person in skill level gets together with someone who's way below them in skill level. One person stands to gain a lot photographically speaking than the other person. So it helps if you're reaching out to people that are um, similar skill level to you. And then also um, similar um, in terms of like professionalism, like whether they're doing it for a job or not, just you have a lot more in common too. Um, So if I'm reaching out to people who are doing it full time as well, like I am, you just have a lot more to talk about in terms of like projects you're working on or how you're talking to brands or what your full-time life looks like. Um, and so that's just a natural thing with life, um, being able to connect to people on more levels. Um, but all that being said, I mean, you can obviously meet up with anybody or whoever you want. There's no rules or things like that with anything. Um, if somebody looks cool and like a fun person, then there's definitely opportunity to meet up with them. Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, uh, I want to kind of go a little bit more broad now, um, you are a photographer and you are one of my all time favorite photographers, actually. Like I love your photography. It's beautiful. Um, so I guess I'm wondering like, what is your mission as a photographer and an artist and what are you trying to like imbue your photos with? What do you want people to think when you see them? Yeah. First of all, I really appreciate that. Um, it means a lot. There's a lot of photographers out there, so really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, with my photos, um, what I really want to do is sort of, a invoke a sense of adventure in people and well maybe not right now um, we're in quarantine as we're doing this interview (laughs) but after this inspire people to get outside or I guess during this time plan their next trip as well Um, because personally I get so much from the outdoors so much like peace and inspiration and just joy from being outside and exploring and seeing new places or experiencing new cultures and it's definitely helped me grow a lot as a person and kind of learn a lot about myself by doing all these trips and experiences. And I think other people should do that as well because I've found so much good in it. And so I really want to encourage people and inspire them to travel the world and um, have new experiences, be challenged and fail, but ultimately uh, succeed in learning about themselves and learning about the world. That's awesome. That's really cool. I think personally, I've definitely been inspired to get out and see the world from your photography. Um, And then it's cool to hear that you want to inspire people to fail forward and then just like try stuff. I think that's really important. So good answer. Um, on your website, it says that you were born and raised in Indonesia and other parts of Southeast Asia, I think the Philippines. Um, so I want to like dig into that and what that was like to grow up somewhere totally different and then move to the U S when you were a little bit older. And then now that you've been back probably to Bali and other places, like what it's like to go back and see where you grew up and now. Um, and if that inspired you to want to get out to the world. Yeah. Um, so my parents were in missions and yeah, I was born in, uh, Indonesia and grew up there and in the Philippines. And yeah, I think that definitely contributes to why I love travels so much these days. I mean, I was on airplanes before I could walk and all over and just out in nature a lot, um, out in different remote parts of, uh, Sulawesi and Indonesia and, yeah, just having parents who traveled a lot definitely inspired me. And that also is why I am so connected to Southeast Asia and particularly Indonesia and why I go back to um, Indonesia every year and spend quite a bit of time there is because I have this strong attachment to it just from uh, spending a lot of time 
growing up there. And then, yeah, I moved to the uh, States um, in middle school and it was actually really tough for me and my siblings, um, just going from a, a culture that you had grown up in to a completely different culture and around a lot more kids going into public school as opposed to a very small um, international school. It's a big change um, for a young kids. So that was definitely a struggle, but I think I've adapted to American lifestyle now. Yeah, cool. Um, so now I guess, what is what are your big projects you're working on? I mean, not now we're in quarantine, right? But maybe this gives you some time to edit some stuff and put together some new projects for the future. So looking forward into the next like few years, what are some things that you really want to do to, to grow yourself and your art? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right now is a little bit of a di- different time. <laughs> it's uh, a weird time. Yeah. Yeah. I've had quite a, quite a few projects and things I was working on uh, sort of get put on hold or canceled. And honestly, a lot of uh, what I'm looking to do, at least in the immediate future is really dependent on uh, what happens in the next uh, six months to a year. And especially what international travel will look like. Um, because a couple of things I was working on was setting up some more workshops. I do a workshop here in Washington um, biannually and was looking to do that more. And then also was looking to branch into a few international destinations and do some trips and workshops. Um, but obviously people aren't looking to travel as much right now. So kind of putting that on hold and hopefully we'll be able to pick that up because I do love um going on trips with people and sharing in those experiences and helping them have the best experience possible and learning about photography and building up their skills. Um, it's just super rewarding and something I really enjoy. So I want to do that more as well as, um, just work on more projects and, um, bigger projects with brands, um, is something also in terms of travel, like tourism stuff, but also, um, different outdoor brands here in Washington, especially if international travel is kind of slower to pick back up than domestic. I'll look to do a lot more uh, product stuff in the outdoors, camping gear, things like that, because there's an abundance of uh, nature spots here in Washington to shoot. Cool. Um, In terms of, you just got into it a little bit, but in terms of the logistics behind being a travel photographer, you have this information on your blog, which I'll link later, but can you kind of give a rundown of what some of the income streams are that you use and that other people use to keep this lifestyle sustainable? Yeah. Um, it's definitely important to have multiple sources of income, um, because you never know. I mean, this whole coronavirus situation is a great example of, you never know what's going to happen and which income streams are going to get cut off. So, um, it's very important to have multiple income streams. Um, so, I guess the big one is shooting for brands. Um, and that's kind of two parts. One is more product focused, which is, um, like clothing companies, camping gear companies, food and beverage companies. And most of that has to do with the outdoors and, uh, products that fit, uh, hiking and backpacking, things like that. And so that's shooting products for them. And then also doing sponsored posts for them as well on my Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And so that's usually most projects are two parts, uh, content and then sponsored posts. Um, but sometimes it'll go either way. And so then that, and then, uh, a lot of those images too, or just general outdoor images, putting on my website or having available for licensing. So a lot of income comes from people seeing your Instagram or your website or Facebook or whatever, and then contacting you to license specific images. 
um, for different projects. And those are always the nicest ones because you've already done most of the work. You just have to do the work of emailing and contracts and stuff to get um, additional revenue that way. Um, and then there's print sales. I do print sales, um, which aren't a huge revenue stream, but it's definitely there, especially if I do sales. That's usually where I'll get most of the revenue from prints. Um, it's when I do like a holiday sale or a Black Black Friday sale or Cyber Monday or something like that. Um, people are still buying prints for that. And then um, I do presets as well, um, Lightroom presets. And so that's one of the things that has actually picked up now that we're uh, in quarantine. I think uh, people are looking to edit and stuff. So I've actually sold more presets now than kind of the previous months before all this. Um, so I do that. And then uh, workshops are another revenue stream um, that I currently do. Or, well, did I just canceled one. It was supposed to be this last weekend. But oh, we'll be definitely doing more of those in the future. Um, rescheduled it for fall. So have that on the calendar. And, yeah, trying to do more international stuff. Um, so I have kind of all those different revenue streams right now. And there's always options for more. Um, one of the goals I want to do in the future is to do a book or a couple books and have that as a revenue stream as well. Or um, maybe some online um, tutoring, especially during this time, kind of looking at continuing to branch out the revenue streams because as I see it, the more revenue streams that you can have, the the better off you are as a business and kind of the more solid you are. Yeah, very cool. Uh, how did you learn about all of these different options as revenue streams? Were you mostly like talking to, to other people who are doing this to your friends about it and learning that way or just doing research on Google and trying to figure it out the hard way? Um, a lot of that comes through experience really um so a lot of these revenue streams you might get an email and it might be the first time you kind of thought about that um so a lot of them especially like licensing um people will reach out to you or even workshops you'll sometimes have companies reach out and be like hey you want to do this trip with these people or um so sometimes they just come to you and it's like oh maybe i should think of that as a more consistent revenue stream um and then part of it was also just in college um learning about photography we had some business classes kind of learning about uh, how to work commercial shoots and then license images after and things like that um, definitely helped. And then, yeah, it's just a lot of experience too. trial and error. You, you figure out uh, what works and what doesn't work and what you want to actually do. I've done a lot of jobs where it's like, yeah, maybe I don't want to do that anymore or do that that way anymore. So yeah, yeah a lot of trial and error. Gotcha. Um, and then something I was just thinking about while you were talking is I think something that I've picked up is that people, when they start to do something they're passionate about and try to make money doing it, it gets a lot harder to enjoy that thing. So, you know, the photography and the going out and shooting and doing on hiking and backpacking, that's all super fun. But then like going home and trying to like cold call people and send out emails to brands and stuff, that can be kind of a drag for people who just want to be out in nature. So what's your experience been with that? And like, how have you maintained such a positive attitude towards your own lifestyle when sometimes it can be so hard or can it be that hard? Yeah, that's a great question. And to be honest, I haven't always uh, maintained a positive <laughs> attitude towards my lifestyle. Um, yeah, it's, it's very easy to get burnt out. Um, as with anything in life, uh, the more you do it, the more the possibility of you becoming burnt out on and just tired of it becomes. And it's the same with photography, even though I love it so much if I'm not sort of taking little breaks or just enjoying some downtime or um, the big thing is shooting some stuff that you really want to shoot and that you're really passionate about or creative projects that you come up with on your own and um, are all just about sort of 
rejuvenating the creative juices that you have um, is really important. So I try to make time for that. And then also just time for breaks. Sometimes you just need to not pick up a camera for a couple of weeks, to be honest. Like there's been times where I just get burnt out and it's like, I just need to take a break because um, my work is really suffering and I'm not at my creative best. Cause I'm sort of just going through the motions and not really passionate about it. Cause that passion definitely like ebbs and flows and you uh, definitely got to work at it and be patient sometimes. Cause sometimes you have these creative blocks or um, work ethic blocks that you just have to either wait out for a bit or really push through it. And so there's definitely a lot of uh, learning and learning about yourself with all of that. Yeah, that was a really good answer. I think that was probably one of the most honest answers to that question you could have given. So I appreciate it. Do you have any stories of overcoming something really challenging within your career path that you would be willing to share? Yeah, I guess one of the big things in freelance photography is just the inconsistent income and the lack of a guarantee of income. And so there's been a few times, especially in the early stages where I didn't have as much savings and you get real nervous when you haven't had a job for a couple months or you don't have anything on the horizon and it's like, okay, what uh, is going to pay my bills in the next couple of months? So that uh, sort of fear of the unknown and um, not knowing what's coming up next is something you definitely have to overcome and push through and sort of build up that, I guess, faith in yourself or the system or uh, the good that's going to come. You just have to get used to it. So now, like right now, I technically don't have anything coming up in the immediate future because everything's been put on hold. But I've been through this enough where I know, okay, it's going to be okay. Something's going to come up. Uh, and all this stuff is going to happen eventually. And you'll pay your bills. Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of the biggest thing that's been sort of reoccurring that you have to push through, um, especially when you're starting out. Yeah, I think that that's really true. And I think everyone who commits to something that they love like this has that experience of scraping the bottom of the barrel and really trying to figure out like, you know, I have five beans left to eat for the next week. Like, how am I going to make this work? And that's something so powerful. And like you say, the resilience comes from just dealing with that over and over again. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, on the flip I, side. Oh, God. I was just going to say, yeah, I uh, have a screenshot on my phone, even of my bank account having $12 in it. So yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> you just have to have to keep those and remind yourself sort of where you've come from in your business. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, on the flip side, what is maybe one of the coolest, most fun adventures you've had uh, and that you've gotten to do? And just like, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a few, um, I guess, the international trips are always some of the most rewarding or exciting. Um, Work-wise, uh, I would say a trip to Slovenia is probably up there in terms of just the most rewarding and best experiences for a job. Um, would have been that trip. It was with the tourism office of Slovenia. And I had been to Slovenia a number of years before, kind of in my early stages of travel. Um, but this trip, I was able to really dive into the country and see a lot more of it and was just amazed by uh, the landscape and the people and culture and everything. And was, yeah, pleasantly surprised by Slovenia as a whole. And then being able to do that as a job and get paid for it was amazing and just like such a rewarding experience. So in terms of uh, trips, 
and experiences that were a job that that's definitely one of the highlights. Um, personally, some of the trips that I've done, um, where I'm not necessarily going for a company, but I bring some product along to shoot, um, that have been rewarding would be Patagonia. Patagonia. I've been down there a couple times and it's, uh, it's incredible down there. Just the rugged landscapes and the wilderness of it all is so cool to experience. You really feel like you're at the end of the earth and sort of on this mm-hmm. epic adventure. And so definitely the, the two trips I've made down there have been a couple of the highlights. Wow. That's awesome. Makes me want to go to Patagonia. Although I already wanted to go. So, <laughs> um, I just thought of something while you were talking, which is kind of off topic, but in terms of your day-to-day life, um, can you just like give us a behind the scenes of what actually goes into running an Instagram account that has a bunch of followers and running a photography account? And, you know, what do you spend your time doing? How many hours a day do you work versus like rest and what, what days are you shooting? Do you have a, a routine for when you're going out and shooting versus when you're in editing and stuff like that? Yeah, that's a good question that people often don't think about um, or don't think about kind of what goes into everything because it's a lot more time in front of my computer screen or my phone screen than most people maybe realize. I mean, you see the end of all of the work and the whole process in a single image or a video or a carousel or whatever on online, but there's hours and hours that go into that. And so, yeah, a lot of my time is spent answering emails, sending pitches, um, responding to emails, DMs, comments, posting, because you really have to keep up with it. You can't, can't let it die or slow down. Um, you really have to stay on top of everything. And so it's about making time for it. And um, yeah, trying to develop a little bit of a routine if you can helps, um, especially now with all this time at home, I'm really trying to build in a routine where I can make sure to focus and do the things that I need to do each and every day. Um, but with that being said, part of the freelance life and part of the reason I love it is the flexibility and sort of the change of pace that you experience. So while I may be staring at my computer a lot and answering emails and editing a lot when I'm at home, there are those exciting times in between where you're traveling or you're hiking for a couple of days. And so my schedule does change drastically depending on what I'm doing or what the project might be. Um, so you really are kept on your toes in this life. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do you ever find like, I think that, you know, in my experience trying to post pictures and respond to all the comments and go about, you know, the beginning stages of creating a photography account on Instagram, that's really dedicated. It's exhausting. The amount of time you have to spend on Instagram, just like editing a photo on Lightroom and then transitioning it into Instagram and cropping it right. And then responding to all of these comments. And it's just kind of exhausting and it feels like nothing is happening because I think so many of these comments are automated and just like so much of Instagram is automated, but you have to be genuine. And how do you find like being a social media influencer, are you able to stay authentic to that? And how has that changed when so many people seem to be not authentic on Instagram? Yeah, um, that's true. That it's definitely a process and a lot of work. And sometimes you don't really feel the reward of it. Um, and other times you do. Um, and sometimes you feel like putting in more effort and sometimes you don't. Um, so it definitely changes as time goes. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is, uh, just making the time to put in the effort and commenting and, um, engaging with people because that's really what it's about is building an engaged audience, not necessarily building a certain number. Um, I'd rather have a hundred super engaged followers than a thousand 
not engaged or robot followers. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, the engaged people are the people that are going to um, really connect with you or really take something away or really, you know, buy your presets or your workshops or whatever it might be. Um, and so a lot of it is building depth over um, distance and building those connections with a few people rather than all of them. And so, yeah, you do have to put in the effort and yeah, it's hard to know kind of who are those people. So you really have to put in the effort with everyone, even the robots, Hmm. Um, which is kind of annoying. And like I said, it does get tiring at times and there's times where I won't post for a while. Um, And yeah, that might hinder my account a little bit, but if I'm able to sort of refresh myself mentally, then I guess the end result is better um, because I'm able to engage instead of sort of half, engaging with people um, because people can tell if you're authentic and if you're real or not uh, and they'll connect with it um, if you are yeah so something i always ask guests is what does authenticity mean to you and you just segued right into it but to dig in a little bit more like what can people tell how can they tell and what does authentic look like for you and then what does it mean in general yeah so a lot of it um especially with if we're talking about instagram it's the captions. I mean, you're posting photos and landscape photos. I mean, you definitely have your own style, but you know, there's so many landscape photographers out there and so many photos for people to look at. Um, so what kind of separates you or, or takes you above in people's mind is the captions that you write and trying to engage with people on that level um, and appeal to them with words as well as um, visuals. And so in those captions is where you sort of establish that authenticity and that um, vulnerability with people. I think vulnerability is a excellent way to Hmm. sort of connect with people is just being open about things or struggles you might be going through um, or what's happening in your life. Cause at the end of the day, you're a real person writing words that other real people are um, reading and a lot of us have the same human experience. And so being able to find connection points or connection experiences with people, um, through your captions is, um, a great way to establish that authenticity. Yeah. Love that. How about off of Instagram? Just like more in general. Yeah. Um, so I guess a lot of it is just spending time with people and making time for people and, um, establishing those connections and going back to doing those meetups. It's sort of, um, taking the risk of meeting up with random people or people you might not know or going to a Insta meet or a photo meetup or whatever um, and sort of taking a leap of faith out there socially, especially if you're an introvert, introvert um, it can be challenging for sure and scary, um, but it's definitely beneficial in the end and rewarding and will lead to lifelong friendships and connections. Yeah, absolutely. So if you were talking to someone who wanted to start living life the way that you are, what would you say to them? And kind of how would you talk them through starting and getting the confidence to do it? Yeah, um, I guess the biggest thing that I would say is start. Um, A lot of times I think people wait for the perfect moment or wait for everything to fall into place or wait for X, Y, and Z to happen before they think they're ready or think they can do it. I know I'm the same way too. Even I'll have like projects in my mind that I want to do. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to do this first. And then I got to make sure my website's all perfect before I send this pitch. And I got to make sure this is done. But a lot of times that can really hinder you and just serve as an excuse to never start. And so I think the biggest thing is to just not be afraid to start and to put yourself out there and to um, start thinking 
about yourself in those terms. So if you want to be a photographer, just start thinking I'm a photographer and I'm putting myself out there and start describing um, yourself as that on your Instagram and your website and all of that. And sort of just the confidence, even if you aren't necessarily fully confident in yourself, um, just start to talk confidence to yourself and that will eventually um, turn into a real confidence and move you forward. Yeah. Great answer. I think it's a lot about fake it till you make it and just like believe in yourself. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Definitely a lot of believing in yourself. Um, especially when other people might not, um, yeah. especially if you're going into photography and maybe giving up another field, there might be a lot of pushback from people around you. Right. Like family, not to name any yeah. names. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So that wraps up all of my questions. Do you have anything else that you think would be useful for listeners to hear or just like more general? No, those are, you've had some great questions so far, pretty much covered all the bases, I guess. Yeah. Just reiterate, uh, sort of the community aspect of it and really, um, establishing a core group of people around you that you can trust and that you can, um, bounce ideas off of is super important. Um, and diving a little bit more into business with that, um, to have those people in your life that are sort of doing what you're doing or have the same goals and being able to bounce off specific, like monetary, uh, offers and things like that is super important because a lot of times everything's new to you and you don't really know what to charge or what you should be saying or what contract you should be signing. And so having those people that you can sort of figure it out together with is so, so important. Nice. Love that. Great way to wrap it up. All about community, all about the people. Cool. Um, Michael, thank you so much for being on. Lastly, I just want to give you an opportunity to shout out any places that you might want to, your website, your Instagram, whatever projects you're working on. Yeah. Um, so I guess the best place to find me or to follow along on my work is my Instagram. I've also got my TikTok going now. Hey, so, nice. Uh, you can find me on there, um, Michael Maddie as well. Um, so yeah, between Instagram and now TikTok too, uh, which is a whole, whole nother discussion. Um, and then <laughs> yeah, my website is a great place to find out about, uh, like workshops and presets and print sales and things like that. And you can also sign up for my newsletter, which is always the first people to hear about anything. Great. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you being on here. Uh, it was amazing to learn about you and your stories. So thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Michael Maddie. I definitely did. It was really cool to talk to him because he is someone that I've looked up to for a long time and I absolutely love his photography. It's definitely one of my favorite and he's a big inspiration for me. So to be able to sit down and talk to him was a blessing. Um, in terms of what I want from you, it would be amazing if you as a listener would go rate the show on Apple Podcasts uh, or and or share the podcast with anyone you think who would like it. And uh, those two things are pretty simple and will only take you a few minutes out of your day, but it means a big deal for me. And it means a lot as someone who is really trying to spread authenticity and spread light in the world. So I would really appreciate you taking some time to do that. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. This is Phelan on the Authentic Path. See you later.